Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Episode 403, Secret Invasion, Season 1, Episode 4, Beloved. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with Samantha. Hello, how are you? Doing well. I'm doing well. Doing good, whatever. I'm doing well, and I'm doing good. And don't don't correct my grammar. It's colloquial. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, yeah. My grammar is terrible, so I'm I'm not going to criticize you. Well, there's certain things like that where I get what people are saying when they say, "Hey, we gotta we gotta hold to some sort of standard." But mm-hmm. things like that where the meaning is obvious and people say it enough that it's 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 normal it's normalized in language, you know? And so for me to say uh I'm doing good is <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's okay to say that. Yeah. Plus I had a English professor who said, you know, in papers and publications, it has to be correct. It must be correct. On Facebook and other social media, it's not a big deal because <laughs> no. it's not professional. But then again, here we are publishing a podcast. <laughs> it's <So. laughs> it's all good. It's all well. <laughs> all right. So we are here to talk about Secret Invasion, and if you are just joining us for the first time, uh, we are going to be talking about the first four episodes, and as far as spoilers go. Um, specifically, we're talking about episode four, and we will be, from the offset, we will be spoiling episode four. This is a watch-along podcast, and so if you have seen the thing that we're talking about jump in and listen. If you have not seen the thing that we're talking about, then please watch it and then join us unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, you know, that's, that's your choice. That that's, that's a lifestyle choice that we will, will stand behind you. Absolutely stand behind you with that lifestyle choice of listening to podcasts of things that you haven't seen before. It's all good. It's all well. (laughs) It's not like the police are going to come and arrest you if you listen to something without seeing the episode first so whatever (laughs) no no i i there are people that i know who are like i don't care about spoilers you can spoil whatever you want and they just roll with it and then there are other people who are just i care so much about spoilers because i want to experience this for the first time when i'm experiencing it and both ways both ways are good both ways work and 
it's all about your personality style and it's all about how you like to take in story. Uh, the thing you can't do or that I would say you can't do is decide for someone else what's right for them, which that irritates me when I hear someone say spoilers don't matter. I can spoil whatever I want and it shouldn't matter to you. Well, no, <laughs> because that's what they want. They want to be able to experience the story for the first time. But we will be spoiling things here for episode four for sure. And we will not spoil anything we haven't talked about on the podcast before, which, as we've said, uh, means we won't be spoiling Runaway season three. Well, episodes five through ten. Yeah. <laughs> or Iron Fist season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, anything we talked about is free game. Uh, we had to set a line somewhere. That's where we set the line. So, yeah. So. Let's talk about Secret Invasion, Episode 4. You weren't around to be able to talk about Episode 2 and 3, so if you have any thoughts about those that you want to throw in, please feel free. But, yeah, we're, we're here in Episode 4, so we are in the back half. We are yeah. in... Uh, we're smack dab in the middle of what I would consider to be Act 2. If this was a movie... We are in the middle of Act 2. You have that rising action in Act 2. And this is the middle of it as things are happening. Uh, but then again, are things happening? <laughs> are they? I don't know. It feels like, I mean, I, I like the concept, but this show feels like up until this episode, mostly feels like it's just dragging along. It, so. And it's shorter. That's the thing. This one's a little bit shorter. And this has yeah. more action. This yeah. has the big action set piece. There are helicopters and there are guns and there are explosions. And I'm I'm on a downward spiral right now, Samantha. Uh oh. Episode one, I just really enjoyed. Episode two, okay, it's the second episode. It's setting things up for us. Episode one was getting us interested. Episode two is giving us information to keep us interested. Episode three feels like a little bit of spinning of tires. And now we come in to episode four. Now, <laughs> episode one ends with Maria Hill getting shot. And episode I was shocked two, by that. I was too. I was too. Episode two begins with her body being delivered to her family. Like, and you and I talked about episode one where I was like, is she really dead? That was the question I kept asking. Is she really dead? Is she really dead? Well, the answer is yes. Episode three ends with Gaia getting shot. And Stuart and I talked about it a little bit, and Stuart mentions, well, hey, maybe they're going to experiment on her with extremis. 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 Yeah, extremis. And this episode opens up, and this is, I can't remember exactly what I said to you two in Facebook. Uh, it's around here somewhere. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Anyway, when I watched it, I said something like, I have a reaction right now. And my reaction was that I was referring to was this, where it's just so cheap because 
they show us through flashback something they skipped last episode. We're following her narrative and they cut a scene out of her as we're following her. And it reminded me of some of the old serials that I've watched. And I haven't watched any recently, but I used to really enjoy watching the Flash Gordon serials. The Captain Marvel serial is actually a fantastic serial, especially as you're watching it in the context of the special effects they were doing. So cheap, so simple, but very effective, like showing the flying guy and and things like that. Um, Superman serials, those are fun. The Batman serials, they're Batman Maybe not so much fun, but they they do have Batman in them. Uh, But we're talking about what was intended to be a cliffhanger after every single episode of that serial film to get people to come back the next Saturday to come to the theater, watch the serial, and then watch the feature and the cartoon and whatever it might be. It's to get people to come back. And there were a couple times where they would that cliffhanger would show like a car going off a cliff. And you're thinking, how can they get out of this one? And they show, the narrative shows, one car chasing the other car, one car shooting at the other car. The other car goes off the cliff with our heroes in it. And then you come back for the next episode. And one car chasing the other car, one car shooting at the other car, the hero jumping out of the car, and the car goes over the cliff. How does he get out of that one? Well, we just didn't show it to you last episode. And that's what they did here. It is cheap. It is not okay. It's not good storytelling for me anyway. It, I get it. It was meant to be a surprise. She gets shot. It's meant to be a surprise. Uh, what's his name? Gravik leaves her there. Doesn't do anything with the body. And it gives her the opportunity to come back to life. Because she did that experiment on herself. And gave herself the power that he has now, or at least part of it anyway. We're on we're not off to a good start here, Samantha. For me anyway. I don't know. How did you feel about this, this reveal that they had here? I I don't know, because you know, episode three was, you know, it was like the mid season cliffhanger. They needed a cliffhanger, and yeah, it's a little bit cheap. What they did by not showing how she got out of it. But I, <laughs> it's like, what else would they have been able to do at that moment? End it with him pulling the gun on her. Don't have him shoot her. Have us wondering, how is she going to get out of this? You know, not him. He shoots her. He leaves her. I mean, this is textbook villain 101. You, you don't put someone in a death trap and leave them alone because they're going to get out of the death trap. You don't kill them and leave the body there because if they're a hero and they have plot armor, it's not going to kill them. You know, like and this you is don't monologue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's a smart guy and he's making dumb choices. And this whole episode to me is smart people doing dumb things that don't make sense. Or they make sense as long as other people are going to do dumb things, which we'll talk about when we get to that finale. I've got problems. <laughs> Ben's got problems. So, yeah. yeah, I've got. Okay. 
Okay, so the opening. Well, not a big you fan. Have, <laughs> you have a better understanding of story structure than I do. I don't know about so. that. I mean, I do spend a lot of time thinking about story, and I've studied story, but you have too. And you spend a lot of time thinking about story. This is this is how yeah. just, this is how it affects me. You know, like this is not. I I know better, and so my opinion you know carries more weight. It's just this is this is our conversational podcast, and this is my part of the conversation. Is I got problems here, and if you don't have problems, that's not a problem. You know, like. Because there are plenty of things that I watch and I'm just like, I'm going to roll with this even though it is dumb. Yeah. So. yeah. Can we talk about uh, things that I like? Yeah. No, I especially if we're talking about, I mean, the beginning of the episode. I mean, you got your notes, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I liked the scene uh, between Priscilla and Fury at their house. Um, I liked that conversation. I like the interaction between the characters. Um, I also like that they sort of walked you into revealing, like slowly revealed that Rhodey was uh, a scroll. And I figured it out in the earlier church scene where he tells Priscilla to kill Fury. Because I was thinking, that's not something Rhodey would do. Rhodey would insist on Fury being arrested. So and did that get killed. did that get spoiled for you though? And and what no. I mean is not by people after this episode came out, but after the last episode came out, which we talked about this, but after the mm-hmm. last episode came out, they had a credit for the man on the phone that she was talking to at the end of that episode. And the credit for the man on the phone was Don Cheadle. And so that was a conversation where she says, I want to talk to Gravik. And he says, well, you got me. And it was, it was Don Cheadle, but they credited him as voice on the phone, (laughs) which if they had credited him as, as Rhodey, I think people still might've picked up on it, but I think fewer people would have been like, oh, that was what it was. And instead they credited him as man on the phone. Which just, it, it's, it spoiled it. But did it. I mean, they revealed it on purpose. So, yeah. No, I didn't see that. Okay, so then so, you got to walk right into it and and see the moment where she meets with him and, and you had no idea until he's acting out of the character. Right. Nice. Well, that's cool. I wish I could have had that. I do think... Going into the scene, knowing he's a scroll didn't hurt the scene, though. Uh, Don Cheadle, he's not chewing the scenery, but I'd love to get to a point where he gets to because everyone knows, <laughs> you know, what once they come close. The, so here's the problem with this episode. You have a great action set piece that I have problems with, but it was great. You have a great conversation with Fury and Priscilla that I have problems with, but it's great. You have a great conflict between Fury and Rhodey that I have problems with, but it's great. It's a great moment. And yeah. And then the, the church scene even was, was a good moment too. So yeah. Uh, can I tell you my funnier 
thing I have a problem with when it comes to the scene with Priscilla and Fury. Sure. And I'm, I meant yeah. to say something about this with episode two, I think it was. I can't remember. But I noticed this when he first walked into the house and put on his ring. And I noticed it in this as well. They decorate their house mm-hmm. by bookshelves that are sorted by color. They actually... are book color decorators. <laughs> that's actually a new fad that's out right now. I know it is. And you know what? You know who doesn't like that fad? Authors? I, I don't like that fad. <laughs> I don't like it either. I prefer to organize by subject. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> This episode, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I know. This this episode is going to be me being grumpy old man Ben, but I have to take a stand. The line must be drawn here. (laughs) I have to agree because, I I mean, if you organize by color, then you're going to have difficulty finding things, which means that you really don't read those books. don't care about finding things. (laughs) Yes. Those books are there for decoration, not for use. Then find things to decorate other than books. <laughs> there are plenty of little, like little, like decorative things to buy out there. Okay, I I had to say it. Yeah. If you are listening right now, I am so sorry. If you're listening and that's how you do your, you, you do you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But but we're but. the ones here with the microphones. So. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't stop anybody from sending in feedback. So you can send a recording to studioavery at gmail.com or you can send an email to studioavery at gmail.com and complain. Complain to your local representative, us, (laughs) about my attitude, (laughs) about color coding your book. Now, maybe it's different sets. Like there is Mm. the possibility that there is a set of Reader's Digest condensed books. There is a set of encyclopedias. There is a set of, you know, the the scrawl guide to the universe volumes one through 14. It's possible. It's possible. It's also very possible that you just have a set designer who is like, Hey, okay, so let's, let's, well, bookshelves here. What should be on the bookshelves? You know, but to me, books in a scene are important. And the bookshelf on the scene gives you a glimpse into the state of mind of a person. And especially if you get a pan, if it pans over the book titles on the shelf or on the the nightstand and you see this is what they buy, this is what they read, this is what they are into. It's it tells you about the character. And this is a bookshelf that's in the background, it's there for a reason but it's it's red it's yellow it's white it's these yeah uh now there i actually i actually i just thought of something a solution to the to organizing by color okay if you come up with your own catalog system and you can say <laughs> okay and then organize that by a subject then okay that is a lot of work <laughs> but, it's a lot of work but it would but work it, sounds like some, it would work yes but it also sounds like something I would do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, a messy bookshelf to me 
is a lively bookshelf. Yeah. That means there's things going on. I may not be able to read all the books on my shelf, but I'm moving them around. I'm getting into them. I'm looking into at least one of them, you know, to see what's there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's just me. That is something. I mean, this is filmmaking 101 here is, you know, you want to do things that show, don't tell. Well, books on a shelf does both. It shows... Yeah. And it tells because you see the spines, you see, oh, they're reading Nietzsche or, oh, they've got the Bible or, oh, they've got um, the complete collection of Swamp Thing graphic novels. Um, not that I'm looking at my own shelf here as I'm talking, but, um, or, oh, they've got art of film books, you know, and posters on the wall. That's another way of doing this, uh, you know, using that visual shorthand, but Anyway, it was more than likely a set designer just saying, we want this to look nice, we want it to look modern, we want it to look decorated and taken care of. Because we're talking about Priscilla here, really. Fury yeah. hasn't been there for a long time. So we are looking at this house. This is the house that Priscilla lives in. And it is a modern decor. It has, there's lots of white space. It's not like all the wall space is covered had, you know, not head to toe, but you know what I mean? Um, top to bottom with decorations. Uh, it is classy. It is upper middle class. Uh, you know, yeah. And yeah. either she or the set designer <laughs> went to one of those stores where you can buy books by the color of the spine and not by the content of what is within. Or they got the fake books. The row of that, fake books. That could be too. That could be too. Okay. Yeah. Enough which about the I books. Have, <laughs> oh, which I ahead. have heard that people are in their homes are using more often to cover up their um, Wi-Fi router. Did you know about this? I did not. I mean, yeah. it doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. Uh, especially if you like put it on a shelf, then you can like completely camouflage it. But yeah, as long what as it's powerful enough to get the signal through the covering. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's just basically somebody could cut a bunch of spines off of several books and then glued them together. And then put something on the back to make it make sure it stays upright, like some sort of, like, triangle of wood. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, yeah, that's what it is. Right. So um, and it's, I, it's, it's commonly used in film and television. So I'm done being grumpy about the books, all right? All right. Well, there are other things in the house I want to talk to. Well, let's um, talk about the other things in the house. Uh, the obvious masks on the wall. Mm-hmm. Because she can change faces. Yeah. And uh, there's also a shot <laughs> after they shoot their guns at each other. Or they miss their guns at each other, however you yeah, want yeah, to put it. Um, there's a shot of of a room and on the wall is a book framed book jacket and she's Priscilla is the author on it and the title is decoding the superhuman code interesting yeah she's she's in the medical field yeah and yeah so let's talk about the meat of this scene now though this scene is great you get the emotion oh. from both of them she's telling him how she feels about him being gone he's asking her hey why did you choose this person in the first place you get the background to the story 
of why she chose to be Priscilla. Great stuff there. Yeah. It's good stuff. You get the the gunshot. I mean, I'm not giving us time to stop and talk about these things, but we, we need to cram a whole episode about this whole episode. So <laughs> stop me if you need to stop me, okay? Because I, I feel like I'm just kind of railroading through. But the the they pull their guns on each other. And they both fire at the same time. And then they linger. And the linger is great. I don't know how good it would be on a second viewing. But for this first viewing, the lingering where they're showing just here's a wall. Here's another wall in the house. You hear the gunshots. You don't see it. You're just you're suddenly you're elsewhere in the house. You don't know what happened. And in my mind, I'm thinking they both shot really fast. I don't understand how either one of them could get out of this. And you're expecting, of course, he is going to get the shot first, but they shoot at the same time, basically. We don't know who shot first, and they're so close that it doesn't matter. It's not going to throw the aim off that much, at least by movie logic anyway. (laughs) And how is this going to work? Did she shoot him in the right shoulder and he got her in the right spot? What's going to happen here? And then the reveal. But there's there's time enough. There's time enough for me to be like, wait a minute. What's going to happen? How's this work? It's great. Yeah. And then the reveal. What would you think about that reveal? I think it revealed about how much they really love each other. Because they don't want to. They know that they need to be on their guard with each other. But they don't want to shoot the other person. And they were willing to die if the other person really wanted to kill. kill right. Them. So. Right. Yeah. Both yeah. of them. Both of them. Both of them. The shot that they took was a kill shot for themselves. And yeah. Yeah. It definitely. I, and of course, Fury sums it up. He's like, I don't know if this means we need to get divorced or renew our vows. You know. But. <laughs> um. The whole scene is great. I mean, <laughs> bookshelf rant aside, which I definitely spent too much time talking about that. But, <laughs> um, bookshelf rant aside, the one problem I had with this was the drama of her being revealed in the last episode to be in contact with Gravik. And now in this episode, it's already done. Like there's there's very little time spent on the emotional consequences of her being on his side. And while, so that's what, like I said, I love the scene, but it also means that there's not going to have, not going to be a lot of wrestling with the consequences of her being duplicitous with him, which is the theme. Everything is about, Two faces, false faces. Everything is about hiding who you really are. And she was hiding who she really was. He could see that she's a Skrull. He knows that. Oh, he knows that. But he didn't know that Gravik, uh, that she was with Gravik. So I, this is where 
I wonder, like, if this was just a movie, that quickness might have been okay because we're doing this all in two hours. But I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. Like, that was really fast. We didn't have any real time for him to see him really struggle with this. We're just moving on from one thing to the next. And and again, maybe that's maybe that's a character arc thing for him also. Yeah. Well, you do see this the scene where she's in the church and then he's listening in. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, does she know that he's listening? Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I I, I thought at first, well, maybe she she had clued him in to follow, to listen in on this conversation. But I don't think that's what happened. I think he got the idea that she was going behind his back to have this conversation with Rhodey. She did clue him in, in the sense that she took that phone call and then said, oh, it's nothing. And it was clearly something. <laughs> ah. You know, earlier, I can't remember which episode, one of the... I think, yeah, I forgot. Episode three, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. so here we are. Great scene, great moment. That shot is, I I think for me, that that resolution to that scene is probably one of the highlights of the show so far. Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. Of course, I'm curious... Would he have loved her if she was not pretending to be somebody else? Because it, it looks like that once they're in, once the scrolls are, have taken on the face of a person, they've also taken on the personality of that person. Yes and bit. no. I, I I mean, I think that she's taken on enough of the personality to live outside of the house as that person. And and wrote a book like I wonder yeah. did did Scroll Priscilla I can't remember her Scroll name but did Scroll Priscilla write the book or did Priscilla write the book I think it was Scroll Priscilla because Priscilla was still working in a hospital right no she was sick well in the earlier scene yeah, yeah in the earlier scene she took that face um, or she had that face in twenty twelve. And they met in France and they talked about the Avengers. Yeah. So it took place right after the movie, The Avengers. Which is another thing we didn't talk about is every episode has begun with some form of flashback. And we're moving closer to present day. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some more blip stuff. We'll see. Yeah, we shall see. All right. So anyway... I, I wish they would have spent more time just having a little bit more tension with him and her uh, instead of taking care of it so quickly. Yeah. But I have a, I have a feeling we're going to resolve that a little bit more later. I thought it was surprising that he was married. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a big surprise for me. Like, whoa, he's married? Oh, he's married to a scroll. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which... That's that was quite a reveal as well. Yeah. Uh, now, I think the reveal that we're waiting for is just to see what is the fallout for the relationship at the end yeah. of this series. Because yeah. the one thing we do know is we don't know if he went back up to stay back up 
But in the Marvels, he's on the space station again. So we'll just have to wait and see. What does that mean for him? And still, we don't have an answer of what exactly he was doing up there and why he stayed away. Well, we know that he changed after the blip. But I think we need to hear more from him, and we haven't gotten there yet. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so from here... Pappy Van where... Winkle. <laughs> Pappy Van Winkle. I- I'm not a whiskey person. I'm not a bourbon person. But okay. I did look up to see if this was a real bourbon. It's a real bourbon, and it really does cost about $5,000 per bottle for the 23-year-old bourbon. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, was it money well spent? I don't know. Because I moment, would never I mean. spend that much money on on alcohol. I, I mean, did it get him what he needed? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what do we get out of this scene here? He confronts Rhodey now but doesn't confront him for being a scrawl. <laughs> he comes well, close. If, if he didn't know before, I think he knows now because I think he picked it up on the church at the church. Well, because yeah. he knows Rody, And like I said, Rody would not secretly ask for an assassination on him. Rody would outright just to have him arrested. Yeah. it's a problem so he's he definitely knows that roadie's on the wrong side he definitely knows that yeah if he's a scrawl or not he knows now and so he goes he intimidates he he appears in the room without anyone knowing roadie doesn't even know uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's so typical of Fury. I mean, I would that's the only way you're gonna get Fury to visit is unannounced and he just waltzes right into your home. Yeah. And makes yeah. himself comfortable. <laughs> yeah. He but, did it to so, Cap, he did it to Spider-Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh to um I mean in the very first MCU movie. Well, the first MCU movie that we thought was the first one at the time, which isn't anymore. Because of the multiverse. But Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. He just shows up. So he comes and he says there's a scroll close to the president. Very close to the president. As mm-hmm. close as I am to you. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, Rhodey's like, well, that may be. But uh, look at this. Here. You just shot Maria Hill. That's not good. Wouldn't want that to get released or one of the copies that I have all over the world. <laughs> That'd be bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the real reason that he went there was so they could track Rhodey because they put a tracking, a liquid tracker in, in the, what is that? Bourbon? It's, yeah, it's a bourbon. Which, by the way, he tells him at the top of the scene that's what he did. <laughs> but it gives him options. You know, is it poisoned? Am I tracking you? <laughs> it's good. 
that's what that's what it is. Yeah. It's good, and uh, apparently, scrolls like a good bourbon, or at least that scroll does, and so they're able to follow him. And this leads them to the assassination attempt on the president. Yeah. Um, I have a note about the scene, Pappy Van Winkle specifically. Okay. It's thematic to where Fury has been up to this point because it alludes to the, uh, the fable about Rip Van Winkle. Hmm. And him, you know, I think he, he goes to, if I recall correctly, he goes to sleep one day and I think 20 years pass. And he wakes up and uh, the American Revolution has changed and, uh, you know, King George has been swapped out for President George Washington and he doesn't see any difference. If I recall, that's how it went. It's been a very long time since I've read that story. Yeah, it's been ages. Yeah. Yeah. So, ironically, it's been ages. Um so, I mean, thematically that's that touches on Fury being gone. He blips out for 5 years, comes back and then he disappears again. So, he's been away from Earth for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and we don't know why. Like this is this is the thing. No. He's running from something, and and that's why I'm saying like, okay, maybe the reason we're not taking time to stop and let him grapple with things, let him struggle with things, uh, is because he's just running from one thing to the next. But this is, you know, how many people do you know like this where they bury themselves in their job? Or they bury themselves <laughs> in their hobbies or whatever it might be to get away from real life, you know? And that's clearly something was going on here. And so I, I think what we're going to find out is when the blip happened, you have this moment where he is looking and he is powerless when the blip happened in, in uh, uh, Infinity War. He's powerless. The blip happens. He can't do anything about it. Then he comes back, but he comes back right after that moment of powerlessness. Now, above all other people, not maybe not above all other people, but above a lot of other people, when that's happening to him, he knows this is a cosmic level thing that he has no power to stop. He, he, he can't stop it. And he has all of his things in place. He has the Avengers initiative. He has the Skrull initiative. He has his own, you know, networks and his own, you know, shield, you know, which which has fallen since then. But he has all these things in place and he still can't stop this Thanos level event. And so what's he doing? He's creating Saber, which is up in space to protect the Earth from something big like that again. Yeah. But he's running away from everyone to do it. And Including it's like his wife. Right, right. Well, and this is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like the man who throws himself into his job and maybe it's a noble job. You you know, 
as, as a teacher or as a pastor or as a police officer or whatever it might be where there's a nobility in the motivation to do this job. Not that everyone who does those jobs is noble, but sometimes you do the wrong thing for the right reasons. And sometimes you do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And sometimes you have the wrong reasons and you're doing the wrong thing. And that's where he's doing the right thing here, protecting the earth. But it also means he's doing the wrong thing, leaving his wife behind without any communication, not talking to his friend Talos, who's still loyal to him. Uh, Maria Hill, mm-hmm. she, she mentions it too. No, Talos, he brought all those scrolls to Earth and didn't tell anybody. That's uh. true. That's true. Here's the problem. <laughs> the problem is this works for motivation if that's actually what they're doing. But we've already seen it with Tony. <laughs> yeah. Tony, he wanted to build armor around the Earth and got Ultron. You know? And there's only so many stories you can do. And there's only so many motivations you can have for somebody to do something like this. But yeah. So. Well, I was going to bring up how often grief is a theme in superhero movies. And then I realized, oh, no, this is just another another way people deal with grief. Because that's what that's what his response is. He's lost time and he's grieving over it. And instead of dealing with it properly, he runs away. And another way. So here is uh, counseling and uh, therapy with Ben 101. But uh, you can run away. But if you're running toward something like like a job that's noble, you know, you're running towards something. It doesn't feel as bad. You, if you're running toward something, even if you're running away from the other thing, you feel better about it because well, at least I'm moving forward or I'm going toward a noble goal or whatever it might be. So there's that. But anyway, we need to get resolution. I, I shouldn't say we. I want resolution with Fury. I want to see him confront the interpersonal stuff and not just the political intrigue stuff. I want him to stop and I want him to say, I was wrong to Talos. Well, he can't say it to Talos now. Maybe we'll see. Are they going to do it again? (laughs) Oh, kill someone. And then next episode we reveal, Oh no, he put, he put the tray, the food tray in his shirt before he left the hotel. Well, he turned green. He he took his time t- turning green, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> this action set piece, it's big. Apparently, there's practical stunts going on here. It's not well, all digital. Let's hope so, because... Let's hope so, unlike the opening credits. Hey, Which I'm very upset I... about, that, by the way. Are you? Okay, good, good. Because I'm, I'm not. very upset. I love the opening credits. And when I found out it was AI and realized they probably made this a year and a half ago, 
or a year ago, like this would have been praised to high heavens if it wasn't for all the AI controversy right now. I like it. I like it a lot. But I already have my say about it. What's your say? I'm trying to get into graphic design. This is, I mean, uh, uh, visual effects is a possible road for me. I don't want to lose a job before I have the degree. <laughs> that's here's, but here's the yeah, thing, though. With this, there was a team of animators and visual effects people who mm-hmm. put this together. So this this wasn't just uh, a producer trying to save money, and he put keywords into uh, you know whatever the you know wonder whatever. Um, and, and he got this. This is a team working together, trying to get the best look, the best vibe. I Before I knew it was AI, mm-hmm. I watched it and I loved the vibe because it felt off, because it felt weird. And I feel like they used it to a high standard of artistry here. I feel like this was artists using tools to make art. But you throw that I in that it's, disagree with. You throw in the the AI phrase, and it changes everything. And so it means that they had to get in front of this and be like, "Okay, yes, yes, we did use AI, but we had people that we hired to do this. Like they came in, they worked on this, they storyboarded it, they pulled it together." Yeah. And, well, and- I. In oh, this ahead. instance, I feel the same way as I feel about autotune and music these days. It's used <laughs> way too often now. There are too many wonderful singers out there that sound like their their albums are being produced by robots. And it annoys me. <laughs> now, um, is it T-Pain? T-Pain, he uses it to create an aesthetic. He, but he uses it to an max where it it hits that that ultimate step sounding in his voice when he sings. What about share? Do you Cher, believe yeah, one sh- in life after love? Yeah, actually, it's because of that one song that T Pain went looking for auto tune so he could start using that effect in his own music, and that's what launched his career. And he was criticized for it, but. <laughs> I mean, if you ever hear him sing without autotune, he is a beautiful singer. If he wanted to do Broadway, he could. I mean, he's that beautiful. But And he doesn't really need it, but he chose it for an aesthetic. Okay, cool. I get that. But Michael Buble should not need autotune, and he uses it in his music. There are a ton of really great singers out there. Um, I've heard, uh, Lady Gaga, I, I mean, it's just Madonna, just about everybody now is using autotune and it is driving me yeah. up the wall and I can't enjoy music, at, like pop music anymore. But they're, they're using it to create the vibe or recreate the vibe that Cher and T-Pain and, and these other people use. Have you heard oh, no, his no, no, new no, no, album? No, 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 that's not how they're using it. They're not using it to recreate the vibe? No. They're using it so they spend less time in the studio. Well, that's what Cher ended up. That's why Cher used it was the takes weren't great. She doesn't like it from what I understand. What, autotune? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, I, didn't, but that's, she didn't like that song. 
that's what producers are pushing now because they spend less time in the studio. They can save more money if they don't if they can just get a few takes, a handful of takes out of one singer as opposed to you know doing take after take after take to, just to make sure that the singer get, hits those notes correctly. I I myself I per, I st- actually still prefer analog recording equipment over digital. Which is ironic because right now we're recording on digital, but we're just a podcast that hardly anyone listens to. So whatever, right? <laughs> Have you heard T Pain's new album? Uh, no, I haven't. It's called On Top of the Covers, and it's all cover songs, and it includes Ooh. a cover. It includes a cover of Don't Stop Believing. Oh, and Tennessee Whiskey. It is fantastic. Uh, I do remember it had the explicit tag on Spotify and it had it for every single song. And I don't remember what songs had explicit content. So I just want to make sure, you know, like, but I don't know how it popped up in my feed as a recommended album on Spotify, but it did. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. And so I listened to it and yeah, I mean, we're just talking a couple months ago that it came out, and yeah. it was so good. So good. So, anyway. But, yeah, like Back I said, to- T-Pain, great singer, great producer. He writes his own stuff. I mean, he, he's a great artist, and he uses it as an, an aesthetic as opposed to just auto-tuning his voice. He doesn't need it. I mean, I was shocked, like... He he has an appearance on The Masked Singer. I thought he was somebody else for the entirety of the season that he was on. And he blew me away. I had no idea that he could sing like that. Um, he's a very soulful singer. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that album, I, I, it's been a while since I listened to it, but I just remember being blown away by what he was doing there. So, okay. But anyways. Let's talk yes. about... Practical effects. There are, I don't know how much, I didn't read the article where they were talking about it, other than to know there were a lot of practical effects being used in this, I think probably the flipping of the Jeeps and stuff like that. Um, The helicopter flying around, maybe not the helicopter crashing, (laughs) maybe not the missiles flying through the air, but there is a lot of practical stuff going on here. And it's exciting. Or it's supposed that. to be. I appreciate that. <laughs> I really do. So who goes first? You talking about how much you like the scene or me grumping about it? Because I'm going to grump about this scene. Pacing wise, I, th- I think that scene needed work. Because I actually got bored with that scene the first time I watched it. Actually, both times I watched it. I was like, mm, I'm kind of bored with this scene. But now that I know that they used graphic or, or um, not CGI, uh, uh, practical effects. I will rewatch it again. <laughs> but it's just. Can I grump? I, I'm I guess. Old school. Yeah, go ahead. Be, go ahead, be grumpy, grump, because I'm actually right. kind of grumpy about the scene too. Go ahead. Nobody makes smart decisions in this scene. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. The president's car flips over. Everyone takes cover, but no one is going to him. Except for Fury. And Fury runs and starts giving orders and everyone starts taking orders from Fury. There's an alien 
right there trying to punch the window out on the president's car. One person says something and Fury says, no, he's with me. And the guy's like, oh, okay. Because apparently everyone knows who Fury is. But if everyone knows who Fury is, then they also know he's not supposed to be there. He's he's in trouble with the law. He's (laughs) he's on the run. You know, and maybe they don't know that he murdered Maria Hill or quote unquote that he quote unquote murdered Maria Hill, but he has been on the list. You know, he went into hiding because and so if they know who he is then they should know that he is not necessarily to be trusted. Okay. So the aliens punching out the window, but they're shooting at the Russians. This plan of the Russians, these guys in Russian uniforms, this is a bad, bad plan. I'm assuming they hired humans to come and pretend to be Russians. And maybe they even hired Russians for this, but the Russians are going to be able to say these are not people from our military. The Russians are going to have plausible deniability once these people, unless they went and found actual Russian human military people to do this mission. The Russians are going to be able to say, wasn't us. Wasn't us. Well, they were in uniforms. That doesn't mean anything. Well, it ben, wasn't us. You read the news recently. Well, we'll get into <laughs> that. Possible. Cause that's another, the, well, the AI stuff. I think when they did the credits, it wasn't a controversy. And I think when they wrote the show and filmed the show, it wasn't a controversy to have Russia be front and center in this thing. It is now. But anyway. I don't know because the war in Ukraine's been going on for a year what, a year and a half? A now? year I don't think it's quite a year and a half, but it is definitely over a year. It's it's pretty darn close. It's well over a year. Okay. I just don't think so. this is a good plan. I think that the missile being launched, that was a good plan that they did last episode. But in this one, this is not a great plan. Gravik is there in the middle of all of this, leading his team. That's not a great idea. Because if all goes sideways, he is their leader. This is Captain Picard going on the away team. He should not be going on the away team. I get it. He's got the super scroll powers, okay? And he can take a shot to the face. Okay, I get it. But he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. Fury gets the president out of the car, doesn't let anyone help him. So you've got a, what is he, 75, 80 years old? He's, he's... (laughs) trotting along he's not he's going to the one working car which is his car and all the soldiers are just letting him do it they're letting him just take the president okay well he's not shooting at us so he must be a good guy i guess so they're letting him do that gravik has stabbed talos and so now you have an alien laying in the middle of the ground right there dying and no one bats an eye at that uh the one person who tries to call out what's going on it, it what ended up being Gravik, which, okay, no one else. So the one person who actually says, hey, guys, we should pay attention to this alien who's trying to get to our president is actually Gravik trying to throw Talos under the bus. It doesn't work, though, because Fury's like, no, he's with me. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> it's good action. It's not great, but it's good. It's going to get the president and Fury together. Okay, but here's the other thing. Rhodey is there. 
Rhodey's car doesn't get blown up. <laughs> of course not. He's like three and cars so, back. Rhodey is there. I get it. He's a scroll, but he's not doing anything to act like he's Rhodey. Everyone in that caravan knows War Machine is with us. He may not have his armor, but he's not helping. It's just poor decision after poor decision. The plan does go sideways. Gravik's powers are revealed. Fury now has that information. Fury has the president. (laughs) And then we end on a cliffhanger that's the same as episode one. Gravik has killed one of Fury's friends. Yeah. I know one person who would be more frustrated right now than you would watching the scene. Who? Who is that? My older brother, who has actually been in the military and in firefights because he served in Iraq. <laughs> I guarantee you, he, he'd be like, this is ridiculous. This is like the worst operation I've ever seen. He'd be very upset. Or maybe he'd be like, wow, they really did their research. Maybe I'm wrong. No, okay. believe me. I will he accept would... the fact that I could be wrong, but I'm getting grumpy watching this He's done training this for episode. this kinds of situations. He's done training for this kind of situation. Believe me, he'd be he'd be up the wall and just as angry, if not angrier than you right now. It's the president of the United States. Yeah. As a person and a, as a person and a symbol. He's there. It's an attempted assassination. This is serious, serious stuff. And I just feel like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, three no episodes. One's covering the president, but Nick, but the guy who is wanted for murder, you know? Yeah. 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 Three episodes end with Gravik killing a friend of Fury's. It's Hill. It's Gaia. It's Talos. Hill is actually dead. Gaia was not. Whatever they do with Talos, it's going to be the same as one of those two. (sighs) Yeah. I think Talos is dead dead because you can only pull the uh, miraculously coming back to life thing once, in my opinion. Unless you're the show Supernatural and then you just do it to your main characters over and over and over and over and over again. There's there's two ways I see it going. One is he's dead. Yes. The other is he's not dead and Gravik takes him with him. Although Gravik left already. Gravik ran away, right? Yeah. I'm watching it right now. Gravik left him on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So the bad guys don't have him. So that suggests to me he's dead. Dead, dead. He's dead, dead. Oh, oh no. he's he's dead. Dead, dead. It's it's three deads. I, I'm doing a triple D here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's Tony Stark dead. Yeah, he's okay. dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all I'm right. Not, so I I, I don't know where to it. go from here because I'm. <laughs> I'm so far, I'm I'm not thrilled with this series. I was hoping for good things, and I am just not thrilled. I am also, this is not living up to what I was expecting. Yeah. And I wasn't even expecting it to be Winter Soldier. Okay, so I I did not sit down to watch this series thinking, 
we're getting Winter Soldier level of political intrigue and and thriller stuff. But what we are getting is repetition. And I I almost feel like they, they should have done this as a two-hour movie. This is one of the things I appreciate about Black Widow. The Black Widow movie could have been a streaming show. I, I'm not saying that behind the scenes they started out one way and went another way. I'm saying that mm-hmm. the, the decision could have been made to say, hey, let's do a streaming show. And if they had done that, the way that they would have almost had to do it is six episodes, six different missions, and along the way revealing things about the sixth episode mission when they finally get to the big bad and episode one episode two maybe maybe it's black widow versus um her sister i can't remember her name episode three and four and five they're on missions together and it starts out odd couple and turns into they love each other and respect each other and episode six they go after the big bad but it almost has to be written in an episodic way instead of saying it's a six hour movie because here they're saying it's a six hour movie and it just feels like they are spinning their wheels to get to the stuff they actually want to get to. And uh, I wonder if this would have gone better as a movie. Yeah. Like a two hour movie as opposed to, yes. So here we as, are. We, we want Black Widow as a series. I would have loved to have seen Eternals as a series. That needed to be a series. Yeah, yeah. And then they're but, stretching out a two-hour movie here. So, yeah. As of right now, though, now there are still two more episodes to get through. And those two more episodes could redeem all the stuff I'm talking about. Because it's a downward spiral. It started good. And it progressively has gotten not as good i'm I, I still if it's a if it's a binary thumbs up thumbs down this episode would still get a thumbs up from me but it would not get a solid four <laughs> yeah this is you know like we used to do with with jessica jones where every episode solid four solid four out of five solid four out of five this we're talking about a two and a half three star thing right now yeah with this episode so I'm grumpy. I do feel like I might have been turned against the episode when Gaia had her reveal about what happened to her. Hmm. And so she's shot. She's laying on the ground. Cliffhanger. We come back from the cliffhanger. She starts to glow. We flash back to a scene that they just didn't show us because reasons, because tension because cliffhanger okay you know that here's the yeah, other you, thing i think you're right that whole thing with gaia being shot and killed i think that would have been fixed easily with editing just have her in the in episode three find the machine look stuff up and then go and see gravic and yeah then he pulls the gun on her and but or even don't takes see the shot or even takes a shot, and you, but you don't see her actually get into the machine. You just yeah. see her find the machine and learn about it. Uh, and yeah. then he takes the shot. And then so you're left wondering, did she get in the machine? Is she dead? Yeah, that would have been better. But It just it felt cheap. It felt cheap. 
and then you have the quick resolution with Fury and Priscilla, and then you have all the poor decisions. So you have these scenes that almost rise to greatness, but are pressed down by the other stuff that's going on around it. Uh, this is one of those things, though, where uh, you know we in our in our conversation thread. You you said that you would be Tigger and I would be Rabbit. <laughs> so I'm I'm going a little bit more Rabbit here too. I'm getting a I, I this is where I'm like I I feel like I have I. Have I poisoned the well for you? I hope no, not. it's just, that's how I've been feeling too. It's just, you know, of course I, I come in bouncing because, because, because you need, you, because, we because, need because, 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 yeah, um, because of the but, wonderful things he does, da, 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 da. <laughs> the wonderful things, what tickers, His tickers are wonderful things. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, realistically, kind of grumpy about it too. I mean, it's just not thrilled about the show when it makes me sad. So, and it doesn't make so, you sad because Talos died. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It like makes Talos. you sad because it, it could have been better. It could have been better. So I feel I feel more sad about it. Not it could have been better than Talos dying. If if a character dies and it's well earned, and it serves a purpose for the story, I'm okay with it. I grew up on Joss Whedon. I'm okay with characters dying. I'm not okay with bad storytelling. So. Let's get to episode five, episode six. We'll see what happens. It might lift it up for us, but this was not what I hoped it would be when they first announced it. It was not what I hoped it'd be when I started seeing uh, some of the casting and stuff like that. And I think the bolder decision would have been let Gaia actually die and have Talos have to deal with working with Fury when his daughter has been killed because they were working with Fury. Yeah. Like that's Honestly, I thought that's, that's where they were going to go. Me too. Me too. And that's, you know, what are the uh, Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, like that's Yeah. You know, I can do that in my chair here. I wasn't in the writers room. You know, they broke the story together i'm assuming that the the writer's room broke the story together as they were working on what had been created and yeah i wasn't there and so i don't know what reasons they had for doing the things that they did other than they cast a pretty significant actress as as gaia but okay we're gonna move into episode five we're gonna move into episode six i'm gonna give them benefit of the doubt but well that's being optimistic (laughs) I'm not being optimistic, but I'm trying to not be grumpy. Let's put it that way. So Okay, so who amongst the Winnie of the Pooh cast are you right now? <laughs> uh, uh the mole. What else you got in your notes there, Samantha? I feel like I have run my course. I have I said have run my, my rant. course too. I have jumped off my soapbox. I have made the invitation for people who disagree about bookshelves <laughs> having <laughs> color coded books. Uh, and here's the other invitation Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know. Send an email to studioavery at gmail.com. That is how to get a hold of the podcast and really get a message directly to me that we can read 
over over the airwaves. By the time you hear this episode, episode five, maybe even episode six, <laughs> will have already aired. And so you will know if I was right or wrong about the those episodes uh, being fantastic or not. I, I still think the creators, they're showing vision. They're showing style, you know, but they just aren't. The word I used with, with Stuart was it's just not tight. It doesn't have the tautness of a of a thriller, and 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 it needs that. And so we'll we'll see what we get. So I'm going to throw the last word to you, Samantha, as far as your last word about this, and then you can say thank you to our Patreon patrons, and then I will have the the quote unquote final word, <laughs> and uh, and we'll move into our post credits. So. <sighs> Do I have to give them the benefit of the doubt? Because I don't really. You don't feel have it. to. If I'm doing it, you don't have to. At least one of us is doing it, right? Honestly, if I wasn't on this podcast, I would have stopped watching the show already. Are you serious? Yes. Seriously. Yes. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, I admire the acting. Uh, the writing is great in places. It's just... I think the problem here is somewhere between the writing and the editing. Hmm. It, it, yeah, you're right. It's just not as taut and it's just not moving as fast as it should. This should be a movie. It should be. Okay, well, that's not me poisoning the well because... Nope. That would have been... Yeah. Okay, interesting. Also, All right. <laughs> I think I know where note. we're going. I think I know where we're going. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank our Patreon patrons. Is that where you were going? Yep. That's okay. where I wanted to go next. Okay. I'd like to thank Dave, Julie, Blessed Cheesemaker, Jeffrey, and Andrew. Thank you all so, so very much. We appreciate you. All right. And... I thought about ending with this and I'm going to go ahead and say it, but I'm not going to end with this. Okay. I, I feel like I'm, it's too serious to end on, but I did want to read this because I thought it was lovely. I was not familiar with this poem before this episode, but I, it's a lovely poem. It's a lovely poem and it's Raymond Carver's late fragment and they used it twice in the episode, and they used it in a very poignant way. So we didn't talk about the poem, but I'm going to read the poem and let, let people think about it. And did you get what you wanted from this life? Even so, I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. Which just fit Priscilla's character arc so, so beautifully. Loved it. Loved it. But my real... <laughs> my my real final words here are... Uh, there are some people who are wondering what, what happened with uh, Daniel. He was back for a couple episodes... And, and he hasn't shown up since then. And some people are wondering if maybe I fired him from the podcast. And my answer to if I fired him or not is no, I'm sorry. 
Correction. I DDT'd that dude from the top rope. Yeah, it was like Undertaker level. It was really impressive. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us. Now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voicemail by calling one 775 Five level seven. That's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven. Or send us an email. Just send it to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there get early access to episodes get bonus material that doesn't go out on the regular feed and if you do that thank you so much but once again i want to thank everyone for joining us in the conversation thanks for listening and godspeed i didn't really fire him i didn't ddt him he's still our friend he just moved and (laughs) he's been busy so yes that's what's happened to daniel we do want to get him in again (laughs) he wants to get in again but he's been busy because they've moved so and it's been a great move from everything i understand as far as uh oh good job stuff for job stuff for his wife job stuff for him school stuff for the kids it's it sounds like it's been just a great decision so yeah very glad for them good because at daniel butcher Ben just threw down some <laughs> fighting words about you now, in now, this now. episode. Upside down smiley face. You're not Sad. sending that for real, are you? you I am, right now. <laughs> Look yep, in your there inbox. it is. Just got, uh, <laughs> no, there it is. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about Bob. Bob? Oh, Bob. That yeah. Bob. That Bob. All right. So, headline. <laughs> Marvel Studios execs call production delays disappointing and deeply appreciate filmmakers. But, <laughs> so that's that's uh, Kevin Feige and, and Louis Desposito. They sent a a note out after finding out about the Actors Guild strike, saying that they appreciate filmmakers. They understand the the nature of things. Bob Iger? Is that how you say his name? As far as I know. Okay, so Bob Iger, on the other hand, says that the strike demands are not realistic. And he's been called out about it. That is not the comments I want to talk about. But, I mean, what he's saying, it's... It's definitely, hey, we're not the bad guys. The actors are the bad guys. He says, it's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing. The recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. The recovery being not completely back. It's the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects reflects the value that directors contribute to this great business. So he says that, 
And of course, the actors aren't happy. And Fran Drescher, she spoke out about it and said some pretty funny comments. But that's not the comments I really want to focus on. Here's the comments I want to focus on. And it is in a tweet that I'm trying to bring up here. The tweet was from Variety, but they were quoting him. And the reason I'm using Variety's tweet is because of who answered that tweet. So Variety says, Disney CEO Bob Iger says, Marvel had not been in the TV business at any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television series. And frankly, it diluted focus and attention. To which Clark Gregg replied, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And Marvel's actually been in television for decades. Years. Yes. Well, and Marvel's been in television, obviously, for old TV shows and stuff. But for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have to remember, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been around for 10 years now. And in the midst of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they also had all the Netflix series and Agent Carter. And so they had this going on. I mean, how many seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did they have? Seven? Like, it was going on. And that did not dilute focus from the movies. Now, what he is saying about diluting focus, there's some truth to that because you have all these TV shows that you have to watch now to understand the movies that are going to come out. The Marvels, you have to watch Secret Invasion. You have to watch Ms. Marvel and you have to watch WandaVision in order to know where these characters are coming from. Now, I, t- I was telling Stuart this. Samantha, you haven't heard this yet. But I was telling Stuart that my daughters are going to go into the Marvel's movie not knowing what happened on the TV shows. Oh. They have not seen Ms. Marvel, and they have not seen Secret Invasion. They're not planning to watch it, so far as I know. They have seen WandaVision when it came out two years ago. Oh, they're missing out on Miss Marvel. They are, but they aren't interested. And that's okay. I'm not forcing them. My son is interested in Secret Invasion, but not in Ms. Marvel. So he'll have at least seen this. So I am very, very curious what is going to come out of that for them. Where they have not seen this stuff and they're going to the movie. Will it be understandable for them? How well will it be crafted to be understandable? But the whole had not been in the TV business at any significant level. (laughs) That is, I could see Clark Gregg feeling like they're throwing shade at him because they were. And that was a great show. And that is one of my top sci-fi shows of all time. I love that show. I love especially the character of Coulson. But the cast that they had was a great cast. There was great stuff that happened in the show, even if they were hindered by not being able to use characters that they maybe wanted to use and also hindered by a television budget. I know there are people out there who grew to hate the show, but I also know people who didn't like it at first realized it was getting better as it went along and grew grew an appreciation for it. So for Bob to say what he said, I just love Clark Gregg's reply. It's just bro with an ellipses. Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. Oh, that is weird. 
I'm looking at our Facebook thread. I clicked on the image of the tweet that I shared with you guys, but mm-hmm. it has a preview image along the bottom in Safari. And it's all of <laughs> it's all of the memes and, and GIFs that are moving. And they're just kind of slightly moving. So there's Tom Baker's face. There's a laughing lizard. There's a turning bird. There's Pinocchio's nose growing. There's cartoon <laughs> Spock. There's John Travolta walking around all confused. We send each other a lot of these. <laughs> yes. Actually, I'm looking at mine and I recognize all of them as responses I've sent to you guys. So this is Tom my Baker, GIF yeah, that was history. Yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the John Travolta one was not you. That no, was, that but was me. it may yeah. be yours because these it are was, all it was definitely me. ones I've used. Yeah, John, John Travolta was me because I was confused about something. <laughs> yeah. It's John Travolta from Pulp Fiction looking around like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. that's our episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and spending time with us. We really appreciate it. And if you're with us still at this point in the episode, um, double thank you. We love you guys. We make these episodes and have fun talking about this stuff because it's stuff we would talk about anyway. But we wouldn't have talked about it with each other if it weren't for the podcast because we wouldn't have even met each other if it weren't for the podcast. And so we get to have these conversations, have this fun with Stuart, Samantha, Daniel, Daniel, I, I might have had conversations with outside of the podcast because I knew him before the podcast. But um, yeah, so thank you for making it worth our time by being able to just share our conversation with you. We love you guys and appreciate you. And until next time, I just want to say wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, Godspeed. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.